0: Good morning, Scots. <laughs> yeah. On the mountain, baby. Shoot. They're going to ask me, where were you, pa- where were you Pastor Kevin? i no. so I was on the mountain with the Scots, baby. Chilling with the Scots. All right. Man, what a thrill to be here. Thank you, Chaplain Lowe. It's a privilege to be here. I, man, I love you guys. I love being here with you. I love those of you those who come to New City, and those who don't even come. I still love you, too. Uh, it's a, it is a privilege to always be anywhere near Covenant College and to be involved in what you're doing, and especially to bring in the Word of God. So let's do that. Let's do this, right? Um, COVID, right? <laughs> the elephant in the room in every room. I mean, I've, I've, been, I've been thinking about COVID um, and the results and the, kind of the aftermath of COVID. You know, what, what it did to us, yeah, it made us sick physically, but it, it revealed something, I think, too. I think it revealed something inside of us. Especially, and, and that's everybody. Um, you know, suicide rates went up, alcohol use went up, all kinds of, I'm told anyway, um, all kinds of things went up like that that were people were trying to cope, Right? And, and, and that also impacted us. Some of us got involved in some of those things too, you know, trying to cope with COVID. But you know what COVID did? It revealed something about what's inside of us. It revealed, especially within the church, it revealed a dissatisfaction, a discontent. It revealed stuff. It just, I mean, when we, COVID sent us into our dorms and then to our homes and, and to our homes and and, and, and all we had was ourselves. You're looking in the mirror, you got you. Now, you, I mean, you know, you went on Zoom. I know some of you and I, you kept in touch that way. But a lot of this, we got to be alone with ourselves. And it wasn't pretty. I mean, we saw stuff inside of us. And the church is still revealed reeling from the impact, shuffling in churches, shuffling in all kinds of ways, trying to deal with this discontent and dissatisfaction. Jesus said something I think that's very helpful here, and I've been, I've been unpacking this with, with uh, New City for three weeks, so if you come to New City, you've heard this before. Pretend you haven't. Jesus says this in John chapter 7, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now here's John's editorial comment. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. I think COVID revealed thirst. We 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 dry. Our souls were dry. And we and, and 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 we tried to satisfy the thirst with other things, but 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 it doesn't work. Jesus stood up at in the midst of the feast of booze which was like a harvest celebration, rejoicing in God's provision. In particular, there were two rituals in this feast, one that involved water drawing and one that involved light. Here, Jesus stands up in the midst of the water drawing. At the very last day, the, actually the eighth day of the feast, the great day, they had just finished the great water pouring um, on the altar, and... I guess the crowd must have died down a little, because it's a very joyous feast. This is one of the happy times in Israel. Man, they, they just called it the feast. And they had, and so when the crowd, the roar died down a little bit, then another roar took place. And Jesus stands up and he doesn't whisper, he shouts. After the, the water is still on the altar, still pulling around the altar. And Jesus says, that's not what you need. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Ooh, you could have heard a pin drop in that place. In the temple area, you could have heard people were like. Because they, they knew what he was connecting himself to. If anyone thirsts, Jesus says, I am the water for the thirsty. Now, what we mean by thirsty? Because, you know, he wasn't talking about thirsty for a glass of Mountain Dew. Much as I love Mountain Dew. Um, did you know Mountain Dew has orange juice? So, I get my daily allotment. <laughs> Tell my wife. I, anyway, Jesus is, is He's talking about a spiritual thirst. Every human being has a spiritual thirst. We all thirst. And I, I break it down this way. We thirst for significance, for satisfaction, and security. That's that spiritual thirst in all of us. We thirst for significance. We want to know we matter. We want to know we count. want to know we have purpose. We, we, we thirst for satisfaction. We want to be happy. We, we want to know that, 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 that life will produce something for us, and that is a sense of happiness, satisfaction. And we all learn yearn for security. Fear is the mind killer, they said in Dune. One person, thank you. <laughs> I'm the only we're the only geeks here. That's all right. We're all good. Fear, fear, fear. lack of security, lack of of just physical security, but also lack of emotional security, lack of spiritual security. What happens if I die? Right? So that's all all of us. Every human being has this spiritual thirst, and Jesus is standing up in the midst of of the Old Testament church and and the New Covenant church and says, if any of you is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And by the way, it's continual thirst and continual drinking. Now, Jesus was making a reference here also. He was making a particular reference to Exodus chapter 17. And you know this passage. This is the passage where Israel comes in the desert with Moses, and, and, and they're out there in the heat. And I've been over to Jordan, so I, I, it's rocky. I mean, that place is it's dusty and rocky. I'm like, when I think of a wilderness here, I think of trees. I think of, I think of the woods, you know. I'm in the wilderness, the woods. That's not what they meant. That's not what they got. They got rock. Man, that's a. Ooh. I can only imagine what that was like. And they're out there, and you got the, uh, probably a million people, and they're saying, we got no water. <laughs> Bad English, good gospel. No water. And what do, and what does, what do they do when they find out their, their need is not being satisfied? Their felt need is not being satisfied. They, and I think they had already been talking to Moses about this a little bit, and then finally they erupt. Moses! Why did you bring us out here to die? And they, Mo, they, they came at Moses because that's what happens, right? When people are dissatisfied, they go after their leaders, including the church. <laughs> and and Moses, Moses goes to God. Moses does the only thing he can do. He goes to God. At one point, and read it for yourself, he says, These people, I can't handle all these people. They're about to stone me. They were so mad that Moses felt his life was in danger. And God says, chill, baby, I got you. Come here, come here. Go, 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 go over to the rock. Speak to the rock. That rock? Yeah, that rock. Moses goes out. Y'all thirsty? All right. God told me what to do, and he, and the Bible says he took the elders with him. so he, so, he, so you got you got you got the pastor in the session, <laughs> and they had, and they're heading, and, and and they must have thought this is crazy. The people thought, what is this guy doing? They walk over to a rock, and the people are sitting there going. And Moses goes, water. <laughs> like kind of like a Star Trek moment, right? You know, when you talk to the, the replicator. Tea, Earl Grey, hot, you know. Um, <laughs> water, please. And, and the water just burst out the rock. It just started giving water. And, and, and the people are, are like, woohoo, yeah. And they dive in the water, and they're drinking, and they're happy. And here's the funny thing about that, by the way, is that God, didn't res- that God did not respond to the grumbling and complainers. The Bible says they were grumbling and complaining, by the way. God responded to the prayer of his leader and gave them water. Now watch this. In 1 Corinthians, Paul deals with this. I think it's chapter 10. And he says in 1 Corinthians 10, he says, first of all, he says, the rock that followed them was Christ. Same passage. He's talking about, the rock that followed them was Christ. And he also says, these things happened to them for our instruction, for our um, uh, example, so that we would not grumble and complain like them. Because what, what grumbling and complaining does is it betrays a ultimate dissatisfaction with God yeah, yeah, we'll say, ah, but, my, but my life isn't going the way I want it. I'm, I'm not having the things I want to go right in my life. And, and, and as if you, we, we, we forget that God is actually truly sovereign, and if you belong to him, anything that comes to you has got to go through the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to get to you. So that means that whatever is happening, God is at work in it for some reason and for some purpose to glorify His Son and to perfect you in some way. But, but So when we are grumbling and complaining and we're dissatisfied and disgusted and we're walking around as if nothing is going right, nothing is good, I have nothing. When we act like our ultimate happiness is dependent upon our circumstances, we forget we have an ultimate God. And when, and that happens with, that's, we're thirsty, we're thirsty, and we have an option here. God doesn't, my children are thirsty, I hate you. You you know what happens? In grace, He gives water, because remember, the people under Moses were grumbling and complaining, threatening to kill God's servant, and God still gave them water. That's called grace. He knows we, he knows our frame. He knows we are but dust. He knows we're weak. So when we're, so Jesus says, come unto me, I am the rock. Later, Moses will speak, will come to another rock, and this time he'll strike it, because he's so angry with the people of God, and water comes forth again. Jesus is the struck rock. Remember, what the gospel says, out of his side, when they pierced him with the spear, out of his side came blood and water. I always wondered about that, but I think, I think that's what he's talking about. Out of his side came blood for cleansing and water to satisfy your thirst. It's all at the cross there. He wants to satisfy you. He wants to give you significance, satisfaction, and security. He wants to be your significance, your satisfaction, and security. We got to stop drinking spiritual Mountain Dew. When we have such pristine, beautiful, crystal clear water from Jesus to drink, the substitutes won't do. Now, now, there are great substitutes out there, by the way. I mean, there, there are good things out there. Tim Keller talks about the substitutes sometimes in his book, Counterfeit Gods, and he talks about, you know, the, you know, the good things in our life that we use to substitute for Jesus and for satisfaction in Jesus, significance in Jesus, security in Jesus, fam- things like family and success and work, great grades, get that degree. Yeah, your parents said, get a job. Yeah, yeah amen and all that. Um, you know, we, we use relationships with the opposite sex, we, we gotta have, we use those things, they're good things, but we use them to, sa- to be substitutes for satisfaction in Jesus. When if we find our ultimate significance, our ultimate satisfaction, and our ultimate security in creation and not the creator. And this the problem is nothing in creation can satisfy your thirst. It, it, may, it will for a second, you know. You know you'll feel happy because I got those things in my life, those, those things that I think I need other than Jesus. And you find your worth and your dignity in those things. I always, always wondered, and I thought about it a lot, and maybe you have too, why do people get so destroyed on social media or by social media? Why do so many people, and I'm not just talking about young folk, <laughs> you know, whoever you are, I mean, People will say mean things to you on social media, and people are destroyed by it. I mean, literally destroyed. Suicide destroyed. Depression destroyed. Why is that? It's just social media. It's nothing. No, it's not. We get our significance and our satisfaction and security sometimes from being liked from being retweeted. We're looking for ultimate things in creation. And creation will always fail you. Only the creator is dependable. He's the rock. So Jesus satisfies the thirst of those who drink from him. But notice something else happens here. How much time I got? Okay. Couldn't see that. I can't see that clock. There we go. When, when you find your satisfaction in him, something happens in you. A few things happen. One, you, you know, you, you, you find life. You find freedom. Freedom. You know, you, you find forgiveness and cleansing. All those things that, you, that you're looking for creation to give you, you find it in Jesus. And, and there's a peace that comes with that. There's a joy that comes with that. There, there's an ability to take trials and ups and downs in your life that comes with that. There's an ability to stand against the forces of darkness that are always coming against the people of God. Listen, that's what water, that's what the living water does. It makes you alive. It gives you strength. It refreshes your soul. But then something else happens. You become life-giving. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. See, that's the other thing that happens when you're you're gulping Jesus down on a regular basis, continually drinking, coming to him, trusting in him, finding your life in him. You find that now you are life-giving to others. The streams of living water, the Spirit of God is in you. He drew you to faith in Christ. He made you born again so you could see and enter the kingdom of heaven. But he didn't leave you. He took up residence in you so that now he could continue that work of satisfying you, that work of bringing you to Jesus, that work of reminding you that you have an ultimate reality in your life that many do not, sadly. Then he, as he works in you, he begins to flow from you to touch the lives of people around you. You become life-giving. Now, here's the thing. Here's my, this is my analogy, big analogy for today. You can, you can, he, he's talking about streams of water. You ever... Drink from a river or from a stream. I mean, a nice, a nice, I mean, this, I mean, listen, this is America. So you still have to put some, some, some kind of tablet in it a little bit. But you, but the idea here is that streams are crystal clear and refreshing and and you can drink from it and be satisfied and nourished. That's the idea behind this stream. Your life becomes nourishing and satisfying to others. But watch this. You can either be a stream or a pond, P-O-N-D, pond. You see, streams are life-giving, but here's what happens. You, you know what a pond is? It's really a depression in the earth that's really caught rainwater. There are some underground springs that will fill up the depression and make a pond. But you know something about ponds? They're, they don't go anywhere. Ponds are stagnant water. Don't drink from ponds. If you swim in a pond, keep your mouth closed. There's all kinds of stuff in ponds. I mean, I mean it, critters that go in there don't come out. They die in there. You know, streams are always flowing, right? You can never step in the same river twice, right? You, you know, it's flowing, rivers and streams are always flowing. And, and any gunk that gets in them, the current can take it away, right? It moves, it gets always moving. But ponds don't move. Whatever falls in there stays in there. You can even be a stream or a pond. Listen, we become ponds even as, belie- as believers when, when we are stagnant, when, when all of the discontent and, and discouragement, we just suck it up and we don't find release. We don't find satisfaction. We just become stagnant pools of dead water. Yeah, the Spirit of God is in you, but you damned them up, as it were. You, you built the dam, so he's not flowing. Instead, he's there, but, but, you, but you've, you, because of your discontent and dissatisfaction and not going to him to get the big gulp, to get the supersized, you know, big cup of Jesus, you, you, you're, you're just sucking up discontent and pain. And, and your pain is real. I'm not, listen, listen. I'm not denying your pain. But listen, brothers and sisters, Jesus is our ultimate painkiller. killer. He wants to help you with your pain. He wants you to bring your pain to him. but we don't do that. We sit in discontent and dissatisfaction and discouragement and we just, and we just become a pond. And ponds can't nourish anybody. Human beings aren't made to be nourished by ponds. And even when, and even if a, a pond does try. To say, do outreach or do something to encourage. If you are a pond, what you end up giving is contaminated. What you end up giving is your own discontent and dissatisfaction and discouragement. Yeah, you're trying to help somebody, but but you're not satisfied in Jesus. You yourself need living water, and you end up giving. And so Hebrews warns us, it says, be careful that a root of bitterness does not rise up and defile many. Because That's what happens. We we become this dark hole of discontent and dissatisfaction, and, and it begins to spread because we spread it to those who trust us. Jesus wants to deliver us from the pandemic. That's what's happening across the church. The pandemic did its work, but we have a pandemic now. And we, on the only cure, the only vaccine for this is the living water that Jesus is. He wants, to, he, wants to, he wants to cure us of, our, of, of this malaise, cure us of this pain, cure us of this darkness, cure us of this bitterness, cure us of this hurt. He wants to, he, he, he's, he's, he's standing here in front of you and he's crying out to you right now, come unto me and drink. Stop drinking that garbage. I remember, I remember of a story recent, recently, well, actually some years ago and I used it again recently. These guys were, crowned, were crossing the Sahara Desert and their their vehicle broke down, and when it broke down, they you know the water of course runs out eventually, and they started drinking the radiator fluid. That, that condition that when you will drink anything is called polydipsia, and, and when you when you when polydipsia hits you, it's that it's that ultimate dehydration, sun, lack you know, of water, sweating. You are, you are truly dehydrated and you will drink anything that's wet to satisfy you. But listen, you and I both know radiator fluid is poison. And that's, that's the pandemic. We're, so we, 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 instead, of, instead of going to the living water, we're in the desert. We're feeling it. It was hurting, yes, but instead of going to the living water, we began drinking the spiritual radiator fluid, and it began to poison us, and then we poison each other, and then the pandemic just takes off. Jesus is bringing us out of the pandemic, but the only way out is drinking Him is letting his spirit fill us once again crying out to Jesus for that satisfaction and security that you want that you need getting better grades won't do it changing schools won't do it changing your major won't do it getting a new family won't do it changing churches won't do it none of those things will will, will do it you're still a pond going to a different place the only way only way, and the and and this is the glorious way. Is believe in faith. He didn't ask you to perform. He didn't ask you to show you that show that you can be a different person. No, he he knows what you are. He that believes in me. But in faith, turning back to Christ and every day coming to Him and saying, "You be my satisfaction. You be my sin. I am a child of God. I am. I am." I am forgiven and cleansed and accepted and loved forever. And my life is not determined by my circumstances, but it's determined eternally by you, my living Christ, my living water. Will you do that? Go back to Jesus. I'm not talking about your studies, I'm talking about Jesus. healing in his wings. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for sending us living water. Our souls dry, thirsty, and withered, but with you there is life. Please bless my brothers and sisters here. Destroy the pandemic set us free to be life-giving because we're full of life and full of love and acceptance and joy and significance and satisfaction and security in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.